All right, welcome to the Eric J. The Great Podcast Show. We've got a special guest on the show today, music artist Kid Huey P. How you doing? Pretty good, man. Appreciate you having me, dog. So, no problem, man. So, for uh, for anybody that ain't never heard his music before, we're going to start off by playing one of his songs and then we'll get into the interview. Yes, sir. Let's get it. In his whips, uh, sit back, let me rekindle it. The flame in the game that's red, no Olympic shit. I've been official, they just want to use my benefits. Crazy how many ounces I just start to rent a whip. No Mickey D's, these chickens ain't for cheap. These chickens from the street, this game ain't for the weak. Gotta hustle to avoid the struggle, lift the weight of the world off your shoulders just to get the muscle. Nobody visible, anybody can touch you. A Mariana Buster, they burn you like. I love the man that I'm becoming, but these people acting like they don't hear me though. Won't stop till I'm on your radio or stereo. Try to stop me, you get my whole dead Cheerios. Cali shoot a mess, so we call them Ray Mysterio. You can buy that's guys playing, yes, plus a miracle. Cut your skate to spiritual revolutions. General, I'm sick with the syllables. My flow is incurable. I really can't wait till the day I reach my pinnacle. But it's cool because my flow just ain't residual. Income, been a whole bag of chips and then some flow. From. Hey, guys, where I'm from. Every since seven years old, I done been in war. No little baby, but I've been emotionally scarred. I done seen AKs, LPs, and ARs. Something that can hit you from a distance really far. My niggas down the shoe, no time for spar. And we don't give a fuck about who you are. Because we know the world don't play fair. Other words, we don't care. So you should know. I appreciate it, bro. Sometimes I be feeling like the people don't be hearing me for real. <laughs> well, you know, that goes back to, you know, you know, now, man, everybody like the trends and to hear, you know, a couple words and the mumble and the beats and stuff now. But, you know, people that grew up on that Nas and Jay-Z type lyrics, yes, you, know, you still got people out there that want to hear something with some substance, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely grew up on that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, first off, tell the people where you're from and uh, how old are you? All right, my name KID P. yours truly. I'm from Murrow, Louisiana, and I just made 30 years old. No, that's officially hit the three O's. You hear me? It's so funny though, because a lot of people be saying they think I'm like 22, 23, and I just be laughing. I'm like, nah, man, I've been out shit a little longer than that, but. You know, just take care of myself, you did. But yeah, I'm 30. Still, I've been doing music for 10 years now, independent, turn videos. Okay. So what's the first thing that come to your mind when you hear your hometown? Uh, The struggle, man, honestly. Like, that's the first thing. Like, my, being from Murrow, Louisiana, it's uh, – it's actually like one of the biggest cities in Louisiana, but we don't get like no recognition. People like look over us, you know, especially when it comes to Louisiana, mostly everybody talk about New Orleans, but now Baton Rouge and kind of broke the door. So now people actually talking about New Orleans and Baton Rouge, but now we trying to get our name on the map. You know, Streetport kind of had a little run with Hurricane Chris and uh, Baby. Uh, I, I know if you heard of those guys, but. Yeah, they had their little run, too. So they kind of got their name out there, too. So I'm just trying to be the first to put on for Morrow. Oh, absolutely. I can feel that. 
Yeah. So for anybody that never been to your hometown, man, just describe uh, how I was growing up there, African-American kid, you know, some of the struggles and circumstances you had to go through as a teenager and younger child. Uh, all right, being from Louisiana, you know, we, like, rank like, 49 for education, 49 for poverty out of the 50. Like, we rank, like, the lowest of the lowest. So, you know, you see shotgun houses. It, it, um, it low-key look like uh, – yeah, I had a couple of my homies from Haiti – <laughs> and they said like, man, like it like the crib a little bit over here, man. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought this was America. What y'all got going on? Yeah, I'm like, hey man, it's real over here though. Like, you know, the shotgun house. That's I come from the shotgun houses. You know, growing up eight in a two bedroom house type. You know, uh, um, the people we friendly though. You know, everybody's pretty. You got good people, good energy. You know that southern hospitality feel. But then, you know, it got a lot of craziness, too, that come with that. So it's, it's like the best way I could describe it is like growing up, it was great, though, because we was more tight. I feel like the community was more close. We did. But I feel like just because how the world had changed with everybody, everybody's more div divided nowadays and stuff. So now it's like a war zone. Like <laughs> when I grew up, it was like I used to tell people it'd be the kind of like the best place to raise a kid type stuff. Like, yeah, you had your bad, but it was like mostly good. People knew each other. They looked out for each other, that type of vibe. But now it's like, it's World War Three over there. For real, for real. Like, they, done been, they done been ranked top uh, murder. They done got murder Cappy like two or three times. And my city ain't got nothing but 80,000 and the Metro 300,000. And, you know, they getting ranked top 10 in murders every year on some craziness. Like, so I'm just trying to make a difference in that, man. For real. Absolutely. So, uh, did you have a uh, two-parent household? Any siblings? Um, well, my story is kind of crazy. Um, my mom and uncle got killed in front of me when I was seven. Oh, so, sorry. yeah, man. Yeah, crazy, bro. But, um. That happened at seven, so I kind of went the house to house deal. You did finally uh, end up getting my grandparents, and uh, I lived with them until I graduated. Yeah, so yeah, dad, my dad stayed like five minutes down the street, still ain't fucking, but he um he was from Chicago. Okay, but he moved to Louisiana and met my mom type of deal. Okay. So uh, what type of activities you was into as a kid? Did you play any sports, anything like that? Oh, uh, yeah, I was uh, – some people used to call me Mr. do it because I used to – I used to be in football, basketball, track, uh, tennis, soccer, like anything. Like anything that could just keep me busy. Uh, key clubs, Spanish clubs, Boy Scouts. I try to do everything. <laughs> so I pretty, I was real active for sure. I was real quiet, but I was real active. Okay. So uh, as far as your family and uh, your close circle, did you have anybody around you that was involved in the music business or um, were you the first one to go down and rap? Now, I can tell you a crazy fact about my family. Um, now, back in like the, I want to I say like those, 40s, 50s, 60s, like in that era, 
my family actually had a, a group called the Sellers Brothers, and they actually was like world traveling, like a world traveling band type of deal. So like they was like the big deal back in the day. So that's like something my family always cherished, and we got their pictures at our great grandmother's house, that type of deal. So, um. Yeah, they the only people that really took music and did something with it. I'm the first of this, of our generation, to try to do anything with music. I got a cousin that plays the guitar, and that's probably about it. Other than that, I'm the only one that does music. Okay. So besides having, um, from your previous generations in your family, having people involved in music, uh, what would you say led you to doing music? Um... I, I got a couple instances I could say like key moments that I felt like it like I could say in music it changed me. I felt it on a different level. Um one time, the first time I was in Houston, and my cousins, like they was doing shows and they was real popping at the time. This like early 2090s, you hear me? So I'm like, I'm legit. I'm like nine, ten, we pulling up. These niggas like I'm saying, they going to the club, they got the people pulling up deep. I'm like, dang, they really doing it. So they end up leaving me in their room here one night with their DJ equipment. And that's when that Benny, I'm going to tell you how throwback this is, Jeremy. Benny Siegel, Feeling in the Air, had just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> you know that story. So, but I'll never forget, they left me in a room and he had the instrument, instrumental on one of the, on the disc, on his DJ equipment. And he just left it on repeat and he left. And they just left me in a, and I listened to that beat for hours, bro. I just sat there and listened. And I, I don't know. I just felt like it. I could see so much imagery. Like, words would come to my head. And I was just a child, but I didn't really think nothing of no music. But I can honestly remember back on that moment, like, it, uh, music felt different to me on some stuff. And then um, when I got college, I had tore my shoulder. And it's the second instance, because I played football. So I had got a uh, scholarship to Northwestern State. End up, uh, I tore my shoulder my freshman year on a free accident. So I was just sitting there thinking, like, dang, what could I do? And um, I used to like doing poetry, and I always loved music. And I was like, well, I want to help people. And I think the fastest way to help people is through music, because that's the universal language. You know, somebody might not understand your language, what you're speaking, but they can feel your emotions through the songs, you know, your energy how you felt in the studio that day. So, you know, you could put that energy on the track and people could actually feel that. So I was like, man, maybe I need to do music. This will probably be the best way to get my message across and try to help people. So that would be my two moments, I'd say, for sure. Absolutely. So uh, who were some of your favorite music artists growing up, who you, who you looked up to? Oh, man. Uh, my, play, my list is going to be all over the place here. So I used to like... Tribe Called Quest. I, I, one of my favorite groups still to this day. I love Tribe Called Quest. Um, low low End Theory, my, one of my favorite albums. Uh, I listen to Public Enemy. I listen to Pop, Big. I listen to Nas, L, LL Cool J, Q, um, Big L. Uh, I like a lot of East Coast rappers and a lot of old school rappers for sure. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to go like from the furthest back to up, but uh, Rock Kim, um, Dmx, Jada Kiss, Styles P, the locks. I like 
I'm like, if you really got bars, put it like that. Anybody pretty much have bars, I'm putting you on. Local, mainstream, it doesn't matter. If you can if you talk about something, like you said earlier, if you got some substance, I was rocking with <laughs> But so absolutely. So uh where did you get your artist name from? All right, uh, all right, I bring it back to that second instance I had with the music. Cause this, this all happened at the same time. So when I decided to do music, everybody called my nickname was Kid. My uncle gave me that name when I got killed with my mom. So I had stopped letting people call me that, but then I ended up letting them call me that uh, my senior year. Cause one of my homeboys worked out. He uh, his name was Luther Davis. He played in the NFL. We was working out one day. And he ended up calling me that, and I ain't heard nobody call me that since my uncle. And I was just like, it, it just brought back emotions. I was like, alright, people start calling me that again. So it, my name was just uh, Mr. Kid at first. And the kid stood for Kill Instrumentals Daily. So I was like, uh, I'm like, it's, it's all right. It's kind of one, it's not like one of them generic rap names. Like I done found this in a book. Local. So I was like, I need to make, like, make my name a little more lit. So I started looking at my hometown. I started looking at people, you hear me? Like who was famous from my hometown? Like that I could just flip my name off of or something. So I'm searching, searching. I don't really see that many people. I'm I'm low key getting frustrated because I'm like, we gotta have at least one person that was famous from my little. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to make it out this motherfucker here. But so I'm looking, I'm looking, and I come across Huey P. Huey P. Newton, and I was like, Huey P. Newton. I'm like, that sound familiar. That sound familiar. So I uh. I ended up, uh, you know, just going down the rabbit hole on his life and seeing what he had going on. And I'm like, I've seen so many similarities that we had, especially when I got his out of uh, his book and I read his book and stuff. And I was like, man, it's like I'm reading by myself, low key. And then, like, it just hit me. Like, it's like a light bulb when the, you know, I had one of the light bulb moments. And it was like, <laughs> K-I-D, U-E-P. I was like, oh, man, it's perfect. Like, And then it's like, it, it, and it, what was, to me, what was crazy about this, I had dropped a mixtape from nothing to something, but I only called myself Mr. K-I-D at the time. And I had put it out before I put the U-E-P on my name. But if you listen to that tape, I'm talking about the same, it's like I'm talking about the same message U-E-P was on talking about when he was alive, so it was crazy. Yeah, that's that's uh that's probably one of the dopest stories I heard as far as like right, it was crazy. artist name, bro. <laughs> no, that was so it was so crazy, and then it was crazy because like, what is the chances of Huey P rhyming with what I had already? You know what I'm saying? Like, it just yeah, that I was just, cool. that was that was them moments. God did that. Yeah, that was a manifestation right there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So take me back to the time when you went to a record studio for the first time, man. Was it kind of <laughs> kind of a rough patch at first, or was it easy for you to catch on? Um, I'm be honest, like I it is so funny because with music, I never I never seen myself doing music though, like because I was one of those like okay, think about the guy from the long time you ever did when y'all grew up. Everybody like man, that nigga's a beast. He going to the league. When y'all got to high school, then he had he was interviews going around the country to schools, all that. You like, yeah, he he gonna be one of the one. That was me. That was me growing up, Aaron. But you know, 
do some racist stuff. I didn't uh become that, but I'm you know. But anyway, what was the question again? I had my bad. I started with that. Just take me back to the time you went to a record studio for the first oh, yeah. time. Was it uh, kind of rough at first, or did you catch on easily? Yeah, I was watching. Oh yeah, that's all I was saying. So I was saying, uh, I had, I just kind of like naturally was able to just, I just had it. Like it was just one of the things I just, you know, how some people just got it. I just had it. Like I, I've been sounding like this since I've been rapping. Like when people hear my lyrics, they be like, "Damn, you been rapping good." I'm like, "Yeah, it's just, it's crazy." Like I just. It's just like natural. But uh, when I went to the studio, like I, I noticed even the first time I went that a lot of people would feel intimidated by me on some, it's like, I was getting weird vibes. So like I come in the studio, my first track ever, I kill it. Everybody's like, yo, it's your first song? What? And then like the engineer, he was a rapper too. So he was like, Dang, this was cold. Like even his homeboys are like, like, like you just killed this, bro. I'm like, dang, had me feeling good. All until he sent me the mixed track. He butchered my record so bad, man. He had me sound like one of them '80s robotic sounds. You remember? <laughs> you know what I'm talking? I was like, bro, what's this? Yeah, yeah. So my first time in this studio, it was like it was lit because I killed it. Everybody was rocking with it. I had that moment, like, oh, I'm, I'm really do this year. But then after when I see, got, I got the record, I was kind of disappointed. Like, dang, now for like my first two years of my career, going from different studios and just people hear me rapping, then they like, nah, we can't, nah. <laughs> it's crazy, like they really happen, but. Oh yeah. So as far as your recording process, are you more of a writer or a freestyler? Or is it uh, like a mixture of both? I started off as a writer. But I was good at freestyling. So people were like, you should just do it on the track. So I had went on this little stint. Like I was like, I'm gonna be on some Wayne shit. I'm I'm just gonna go in some Jay-Z shit. I'm just gonna go in and just I ain't writing no more. Yeah, I did that for like three or four years. But then I was like, well, I want to go back to writing. So now it just depends on the beat and how I feel about it now. So sometimes the beat, if I'm feeling like if, if it just hit me like on, on the go, like I'm going to just go in there and just freestyle and lay it down. But uh, if I feel like this could be one of the ones or I need to go deep with it, I'm, I'm going to take my time and write it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. What was that moment? that you knew that you really had the confidence to pursue music? You see, the moment I really knew it. Oh, I tell you, for sure. It was senior night, my senior, yeah, senior night, my senior year in college. And uh, we had just won the game. I had a big football game. And the crazy part is I used to perform after the football game. So I literally go ball out in the stadium, had them crowd uh, chanting my name and all this stuff. Then go go to the crib, get dressed, go straight to the uh, party and perform. So I, they used to be lit though. Like people used to be like, "Damn, you really doing that?" I'm like, "Yeah." But I had it was so crazy because they had I think it was Little Fox, Fox a Million. You know Fox, the rap with Boosting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Little Fox was the like headliner that night, and they had a, another local act. It was like a group of dudes in Louisiana. I can't remember their name, but they had like a buzz at the time. And then they had me open up before them. So I went up first. 
My, I'm, I'm kind of tired though, low key. But I would have then killed it live. Like, no, I just put, I just, like, I didn't even have no song mix or nothing. I just told him to put the beat on. And I literally went up there and freestyled. <laughs> but I killed it though. It was so crazy. Like, I think I still got a, some footage, but it's so old looking. It looked like it's from 98 or something. But everybody was going crazy or whatever. It was to the point where people was like, bring him back. Like that, it was like I was lit. Yeah, even the dude that they paid to come was like, "Hey, bro, you cold, bro? Like, you really got it." So when, at that moment, I was like, "Dang, I really could do this for sure." So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you're sure. currently independent right now, right? Yes, for sure. Uh, would you uh sign to a major if it made sense? <laughs> It'll have to make sense. You know, most times it's never gonna make sense, but. It would have to make sense because I didn't. I didn't had a couple of deals. I don't even want to drop no names, but I done had three deals on the table in my whole out of my ten years. We did the most I only got offered was half a mil. It was half a million for like a year or two, but they wanted me to change my uh what I talked about. Mm. You know, my substance of my music and stuff. They wanted me to do the bubblegum rap. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Turned it down. Everybody's like, "You stupid!" I'm like, nah. It's because it's, it's deeper than me. Uh, it's deeper for me than just the money aspect with the music. Like I done put out 130 songs, like seven mixtapes, two EPs, and I, the seven mixtapes I did for free just because I wanted people to get the message versus having to worry about paying for it. And you know, how some people be like, "Man, I ain't got two dollars to support you." Like, you know you got the $2, but I know how people be here. So, I just, I like, the first half of my career, I put out everything free on purpose just because I wanted people. I was more concerned with people getting a message versus me gaining some revenue. Okay. So, as far as your recording process right now, how often are you going to the studio and record right now? Right now? Um, I ain't gonna lie, I've been taking... I've been I've been taking a little time back from the studio. Normally I probably go like I'll say about three, four times a month. But I've been um because I, I used to record myself, but then I've been working on some like big projects lately. We'll talk about later. And I wanted to have a real studio feel. So I chose to start going back to the studio and recording. But now, since I'm done with those albums and projects. I just got my studio back, so I'm gonna be back recording myself as well. Okay. Yeah. So, so uh, have you done any shows yet? Oh yeah, yeah. I done did um, like five, six shows this year already. Okay. Uh, the biggest one I did was Breaking the Chains Atlanta. We just had um, we had Lil Donald there. I don't know if you know him. Oh uh, yeah, I know Lil Donald. Yeah, yeah, Lil Donald. Uh, who else was in there? Tobias Prophet. I don't know if you know him. He's a big producer. He done produced Jay Z, Kanye, Lil Baby, a lot of people. Uh, it was a lot of big names in the honest Like I'm still realizing how many big people was in the building. Like <laughs> I didn't even realize who I was around, and I was like, oh snap! I just keep seeing videos posted from. But it was it was like 200 some people there. It was pretty nice. Uh, did something for the kids and uh, a lot of activists. Uh. Like I said, big name artists and stuff. We came together, got the kids pizza. We we kind of threw them like a fun, like a like a kind of game day type of deal. Let them have fun, um, you know, safe fun. 
some, you know, the kids don't really be having that much to do nowadays. So we try to make, uh, you know, try to do something different for them. Absolutely. So uh, I know you talked about putting your city on the map. So for everybody that don't know about your city, just describe the music scene in your city and also describe, you know, local artists you might know back there. Just describe, you know, how the music scene there and uh, do artists collab with each other or do everybody just mind their business? Okay, so the music scene in, in Monroe, Louisiana is, I will say that it's a lot of talent out there, actually. A lot of people don't wouldn't think so, but it's a lot of talent in Monroe. And it's a lot of different type of artists. Like, uh, you have a lot of people in the same type of Louisiana style, but you do have a lot of different sounding artists, like, all across the boards. Like, we literally got an artist for every sound. You know, but I will say uh, it's more of a mind your business type of deal, you know, because nobody really be linking up like that. And then there'd be too much like beefs and, you know, like instant stuff going on that prevent people from working with each other. And I feel like a lot of egos getting away too. Now, me personally, I don't be caring about that. Because I'm also trying to unify everybody anyway. So I don't try to reach out down there to every city and the artist to work. Like, or try to help them out. Or, you know, I try to show love to the city and do stuff for them. But, you know, some people try to work. Most people don't. It is what it is. You know, you only could try. Yeah, so. I hope we get better at that, though, because we really got some talent. Like, we got a... I'll name, I'll name my favorite artists from my city that I, I rock with. And they, um, it's some guys that you should... You can look up, man. You probably can reach out to some of them dope. Um... I like Star Ringo. He's dope. He's um he just won this join a Luca contest not that long ago. Gave him some extra buzz. So shout out to him. Uh name Martavis Wright. He's dope. He's a he's a soup, he's like a lyrical, like a super lyrical boosie. Like <laughs> and picture of Boosie was super lyrical, like. If you can imagine that, so it's, it's it's to me it's a nice style the way he do it. He he rap fast too, so I like him. Uh, who else we got from the city? We got Kuda. He's from my um. He's from my hood. He's he he's like the new new age. He like the high kid in the city. Yeah, so I rock with him. Uh, he got YC Dunn. He from another hood. He dope. Who else? I'm missing a couple people. Pistol P, dope. Um, 36K, P Lou. Yeah. I'm missing, I know I'm missing a couple people, but I can go down the list. It's, it's a couple, I say it's, it's about 20 dope artists I actually like listen to their music and support for sure. Okay. So, uh, as far as artists, man, do you have anybody on your hit list that you want to work with, do work with in the future? Yes, man. My number one. Artist I wanted to work with was Nipsey. Rest in peace, Nip. Uh, actually, Nipsey is like one of the people who I was like studying the whole time I've been doing music, like even before everybody got on his wave and stuff. Like when I was in college, when I told you I found out about my name and stuff, that was like around the time when he dropped that hundred dollar album, and I was like, how? I'm like, how this man drop an album for a hundred dollars? I can't get. A motherfucker would pay $5 for my little CD. <laughs> and he done made 100 bands. I was like, and that really like had me like, 
he different. So that really had me like locked in on him. Uh, so unfortunately, that won't happen. But definitely, Nilt was one of the ones I wanted to work with. J Cole is somebody I want to work with for sure. I I, I can see myself in Dreamville. Like he's one of the people I can see myself signing to if it made sense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a lot of dope artists with uh substance. Like I like uh one of my favorite artists is Bass. I like Bass. Yeah, Bass. He hard. Yeah, hell yeah. I like him and Jid. I like both of them. Yeah, yeah. I could definitely see me and Jid doing something. But um, and honestly, bro, like Abso and Lil Wayne. Okay. Abso and Lil Wayne. I love Ab Soul, bro. I think Ab, I think Ab Soul is too underrated. And definitely Weezy, he a GOAT. So he was my probably one of my biggest influences on the music. Absolutely, man. I love the bars, man. I love the bars, man. <laughs> I'm a bar guy. <laughs> Absolutely, bro. So I know you got a, a big following, man. So for everybody that follows you, man, um, uh, list some things you like doing in your spare time when you're not doing music. When I'm not doing music, I like, uh, of course, helping people. I work out a lot, uh, meditate, do yoga, and stuff like that. Uh, I draw, I paint a little bit too. And um, I like researching, bro. I like learning and just learning new information. Like, I've always been like that. Like, I love history and I like learning something. I feel like I ain't learning something. I feel like I ain't doing nothing. So I'm always trying to progress and stuff. So yeah, that's pretty much what I do. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of simple, bro. Well, I like to shoot guns too. You know, we we got a couple little acres and stuff in the city. We go <laughs> go do some tactical work out there and stuff. But yeah. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. Uh, what are your short and long term goals? What do you want to accomplish? A uh, short-term goal right now, I'm in a custody battle, so I'm trying to get my little my little boy. That's one of my short-term. And uh, short-term, I want to be able to fully live off of my music. I have a couple times, but uh, to really be comfortable, like I want to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why, that's my short-term goal right now. And uh, finishing this tour. I'm on a long little tour right now, so it's going pretty dope, actually, too. Been definitely gaining a lot of more fans with that. So I'll say that's my short-term goals for right now. Long-term long goals, I definitely want to get to the point with my music to where I can, like, start building. I want to build, like, centers around the globe for, like, people that's been in my type of situations and stuff, like kids that get misplaced from home or lose both parents or had nowhere to go. But I'm, I don't want it to be like the typical orphan type of deals, how they have it. Like, I want it to be like real type healing type centers. Like, and just not even just for those people, just for like people in of need and stuff like that. Like real mental type of deals. Cause I feel like, especially for our community, we don't really have, we don't really care about mental health like we should. So I feel like we need some of those type of centers around the country that really is going to help people not just dope them up with medication and stuff like that absolutely man i'm a big avid of uh mental health man i just uh finished being a co-author in a book for uh, good, mental health experiences and um 
That was one of the reasons I started my podcast because I feel like, you know, people need to have more conversations amongst each other to get reassurance that everybody go through similar things in life, no matter how uh, poor or rich they are, you know. That's a fact, for sure. Absolutely, man. So for 2023, man, uh, what you got coming, man? What you got coming for the rest of the year? Well, I got, I just uh, made my own official website that I just dropped last week, kidhuep.com. I actually dropped my own mixtape on there exclusively that you can only get on my website. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I got a, uh, what's your day about the website, by the way? Yeah, that's pretty dope. That's pretty that's it's pretty dope. It kind of gave me it kind of gave me uh money man vibes. Because money man is always thinking outside the box. Like uh, I missed out on something yesterday. I just downloaded this app called Nebula. I don't know if you ever heard of Nebula. That's but, not familiar. But money, but money man did something yesterday, man. I wish I could have got on it. He dropped a single on Nebula. Artists can drop singles. And the fans can buy uh, royalties of the song. You can purchase ownership of the song. Oh so, wow, that's dope! Yeah, so like he it was he sold it for twenty five cents, and he only put a certain amount of tokens out there, and it sold out in less than an hour. Dang! And oh, that, he yeah, made that all dope. that money off of it. Plus, the fans got a piece of the song. So, like, I had downloaded the app last night, so I'm like, next time he do that, because he does that there so often. And I seen it was a couple artists on the homepage of the app that does that, too. You know, so it's just like, a, you know, he was like, you know, when I eat, my fans eat. So it was just something different that he did. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's, that's the vibe I got from the website, you know. Yeah, man, definitely trying to think out the box, especially with this artistry stuff and how these streaming companies got it set up. You know, they, you know, since they lost a lot of power after their Frank Ocean deal, I don't know if you know about that. That's what really made them start doing the 360 hard. Mm. You, did you uh, ever hear about that? How Frank Ocean finessed them? No, 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 no. I listen to Frank Ocean, but I ain't never kept up with his with his paperwork and stuff like that. I, well, I, I, I um, actually, ASAP Rocky dropped the jewel and he made me research it. Cause he had brought it up in the interview. He was like, "Yeah, man, Frank Ocean killed him for like twenty, twenty-five mil." I was like, "What?" So basically, what he did was, long story short, he he fulfilled his obligations with the label, and he did his album, whatever. But he he took the cost of it. You know, he spent the budget how he wanted to. So of course, he he basically put little to nothing in a project for the album that, you know, fulfilled his obligations, gave it to the label, and they approved it. So what he did was record a whole nother album with the rest of the money and made A1. So when that label dropped that album, he was out of his contract officially. And he what he did was drop the other album the next day. But because that album had dropped, you know, all his fans went to that one. And then when they seen the other album, they like, oh, what this is? And boom, he made all that money. Because they thought, you know, the fans ain't know he ain't dropping with the label. They just went, oh, he dropped another one. And that was a wrap. So that's why they do 360 so hard now. And that's why that's why they got the streaming service to set up how they got it. It's like, that's the new gatekeeper now. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, 
I want really, I won't really say he finessed him really. Like he just was very aware yeah, smart, of yeah. his paperwork. You know what I'm saying? He was like, all right, all I gotta do is fulfill these projects. And then as soon as I get free, then I can bank all this money, you know. Yeah, it'd have been like equivalent to like he pretty much like recorded that stuff on the home studio and got it mixed and mastered, but went to major studios and recorded the, <laughs> the other album. <laughs> It was smart though, and like you know, that's why they've been on the, in a chokehold on the music game. A lot of people don't know that little Jim, but so I just try to think out the box different ways that I can create myself some revenue. And uh, you know, people who really support, you know, I can see and with the website, I can keep track of everybody in my traffic, looking my demographics, and seeing you know the analytics. Absolutely. So um start asking my guests these this question. It's like a legacy question. So uh how do you how do you want people to perceive you? I want people to be like, I feel like my main goal and purpose in life is to make people think again. I'm gonna put that on the shirt. Let's make people think again. Cause I want people to like my music is deep too. And I, I want people to to think about real life situations more than uh this fantasy word that we call it, man. Like uh, the great Lauren Hill say, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what they need. So that's how I, that's how I feel. I feel like I'm, I'm trying to bring people back to reality. I feel like we is too far gone. Everybody's going off the deep ends and stuff, and we need to come back to reality. We need to come back to realizing it's us or nothing. You know, unified die. That's one of my slogans. Okay, absolutely, man. So uh give me give me your Mount Rushmore. It could be it could be artists, it could be uh, well uh why well, the way I like to do it is people that's more that was the most influential to you. So that could either be an artist, it could be a family member or whoever, you know. Give me a top five. No. Let's see. Of course I gotta put my mom on there. For sure. Um, I'm gonna say her mom, my grandmother. It's one of the strongest ladies I know. Uh Huey P. Now these last two is gonna be kind of hard. Well, actually it's not it's not gonna be hard. I'll say influential. I say Khalid Muhammad. I really like Khalid Muhammad. Okay. Uh, and then I say my son. Absolutely, man. That's a dope list. So uh, closing remarks, man. Anything else you want to let the people know that you got going on and let people know how to keep up with you on social media and things like that? Yeah, um, I say uh, Y'all definitely tap in with me because I have a lot of big things going this year. Uh, got a lot of big features I've been doing behind the scenes. Got some dope visuals coming out. Um, I was also in a a web series called AT Aliens. It's on Tubi, I think Amazon Prime. So, uh, yeah, got some shows coming up, a lot of content. It's going to go down this year, especially for the summer. Like, definitely better get ready. 
So when they see these features and stuff I got dropping for the song, they're gonna be like, where? Oh yeah. This one we finna go up this summer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh let people know how to keep up with you on social media. Oh yeah, my bad, brother. Uh y'all can follow me at underscore Huey P. Newton on all everything, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Or you go to my website, idhueyp.com, subscribe, and stay tapped in that way. That way you can get stuff exclusively first. Absolutely, man. You know, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. You know, I drop I drop episodes every Monday at midnight. And uh, you know, uh podcast just started to take off last year in August, you know. So yeah, sure, Spotify put me in the top 30% most followed podcast right now. And uh anytime you want to come on, man, uh you can hit me up anytime. You know, uh I don't just do interviews, I talk about real stuff too, whether that be police brutality, child support, relationships. Uh, should you kick your kid out of 18 years old? You know, like uh, oh, <laughs> anything that I know somebody's going to come across at some point in their life, I like to talk about those things just to get different opinions on stuff, you know? No, definitely, bro. Shit, let, definitely let me know. Uh, let me know if you need a guest to talk about any t- those type of situations with you. Sure, I'd be down for sure. You know, that's right up my alley. You talking about police retaliation. So, like, we can go on for days. Especially talking about just real life stuff in general, you did like that's why that's why I was talking about my music and stuff. I feel like we need to bring that real life stuff back. People too caught up in the gossip, social media world and stuff. We don't talk about real issues. We like you said earlier, we don't talk about mental health. That is so detrimental to us, and we don't even care about it. <laughs> I'll be like, and me you know, going through, you know, watching my mom and uncle get killed at seven. You know, if I don't take care of my mental health, I'm just. I'm just out here. You feel me? Like I'm a lost cause. I I'd be detrimental to the society versus helping society. So, you know, I feel like me fighting that battle was. I know how tough it is personally. You did so. That's what. That's what, one of the main reasons why I be on the mental health. And I just feel like we. It's a lot of stuff we need to talk about, man. Especially black men. We just hold stuff in. You did so. Absolutely, man. Uh, before we get off here, man, I got to uh, promote my guy, man. Uh, Waters, Waters, man, here in Louisville. His Instagram is Waters, Waters. He's a black-owned water company here in Louisville, Kentucky. He's a uh, very, very oh. water, man. Tastes just like any other water brand that you would buy that's uh, been around for a long time, man. He's uh, real big here in Kentucky. You know, he started from the ground up and He's a real a lot of people around here by his water. So uh to give a shout out to him and yes, uh and everybody uh tap in with uh Kid Huey P, man, real dope artist. You like to hear, you know, like some J. Cole type vibes or just any type of artist on that you listen to that got some some type of substance, some lyrics, not the uh the mumble rap, nothing that wrong with it, but you know, <laughs> you gotta have, gotta have some type of versatile. Uh, when you listen to the music, you know, I like to listen to a lot of different stuff. So um, tap in with them, follow them on Instagram, subscribe to his YouTube channel, all that good stuff, man. Got normalized supporting the people that we can physically touch instead of the people that's already don't made it. They got the billion dollar machines behind the net to run with supporting them, but we got to support the people that's around us too, that's on the come up too, you know. So no, I appreciate uh, it. 
And um, this concludes another episode of the Eric J. The Great Podcast. Be on the lookout for the uh, Free Ray Ricky Ross interview, NPR Richie Rich interview, PBE Pluto interview, uh, Younger MH interview, and uh, more uh, dope guests on the way. And I appreciate you coming on the show, bro. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, man. You stay up, brother. I'm ha- hey, send me that link for that order, too. I might, I'm going to order a case just to support the brother. That's dope. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I uh, DM you his uh, Instagram. Yeah, his DM and Instagram. I'm going to uh, hit him up for sure. And I appreciate you again, King. You take care, man. You too.